one strike from victory. Two outs. And here's what you pay to see the best ever. Baronta jumps on this pitch deep left field. What is going on, Birdland? Steven here for the Final Strike Podcast, brought to you by the Baltimore Battery. We are here today to discuss the start of the 2024 baseball season now that the Super Bowl has ended. Kansas City Chiefs were crowned the winner. Uh, before we get started, though, I'm going to bring in my good friend, uh, the co-founder and chief and editor and CEO of the Baltimore Battery. So without further ado, here is... Jared Watson, welcome to the show, buddy. Steven, thanks for having me, man. And don't make me sound all you know official and whatnot. I'm just I'm a guest on your show. This is your this is your time to shine. But I'm just here to be a part of it. Very grateful for having me. Thank you. I'm grateful for you coming in, uh, especially after our week last week. Um, in case any of you did not read, Jared and me were able to uh, attend the Shorebirds. Uh, hot Stove Banquet, 2024 Hot Stove Banquet with special guest Ben McDonald. Uh, and Jared and me were actually both there in the house. What did you think of the event, Jared? Steve, it was really, it was just an awesome night. Um, props to everybody who put that together. Uh, the Delmar Shorebirds, uh, the White Comico Youth and Civic Center, uh, just a, a great all-around event. Uh, we'll get, we'll dive into it more, but we got meet and talk with Ben McDonald, of course, former host, starter, and current broadcaster for Masson. Just an overall great night, uh, very insightful about the season coming up and what they have planned, and we got a little bit of information about the minor leagues. So it was really fun. It was a good time overall. We got nice food and drinks there. Just a really great night to hang with you. Uh, Silent Auction was also there, so a lot of fun things. Well, it was really good. I think uh, the one thing that impressed me, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to watch Ben McDonald pitch. Um, he was one of my favorite pitchers growing up, uh, wore his number when I played baseball, tried to emulate even his windup, even though I'm left-handed. So I was trying to do it backwards. But the one thing that really impressed me is, you know, we see this personality on television and we all think we know who he is and how he is. We see the videos he posts, but to meet him in person, it definitely puts a different perspective into mind on what we see versus what reality is. And this is in a good way. Some people say it in a bad way. I feel it was in a good way. Do you agree with that sentiment? I mean, what was your take from that? Uh, well, yeah, I, I agree in a sense because, um, like you said, we don't really get to see the personal side of Ben. We get to see the professional side uh, when he's you know, doing the calls or even when he was talking about his career overall. Uh, but yeah, we got to see how really just how genuine he was uh, with everybody there. Um, without getting into too much detail, we a line started uh, in the room, in the conference room where we were having a thing, um, and it was about time to you know wrap up the meet and greet and start the event. But Ben was like, "No, no, no, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get through everybody, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure everybody." Uh, got a picture, got something to uh, sign, just to go up there and shake his hand. Just a really genuinely nice guy. You know, the thing that stood out to me most, though, uh, as some some listeners know, uh, I'm handicapped in a wheelchair. 
so he made me look like a mouse, right? He, the dude is six foot seven, um, but he got down on my level to take a picture with me. So that was really cool. And I know Stephen, you you were just thrilled to meet this guy because a lot of a lot of your listeners know that it's Cowardkin Jr. and it is Ben McDonald. Like he was one of your heroes. So yes, sir. It was just a cool night for you, I'm sure. It was a great night. I mean, just talking to him, he like even when I told him, you know, how much. I, I idolized him and watched him as a pitcher and how much I, he, he even, he even brushed that off as like, no, no, that was a long time ago. He says, we're, we're in a different time of life. And like, it wasn't even a big deal to him that, you know, he, he was very humble and he appears as somebody who's very humble. Um, one of the great things I love, you know, through the night, especially watching him talk and talking with him is he seemed to have a story for everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, he, he was telling us all about different things from his collegiate days. Uh, he And you even wrote about this, Stephen, uh, on one of our pizzas for the Baltimore Battery. Uh, you wrote how he was talking with a kid uh, who's playing sports. I think he said he was in middle school, but he was having, you know, a particularly hard time dealing with failure, right? Yes. Um, and Ben told the story about how he came into a game for LSU when he was in college. He's a freshman at the bottom of the ninth, and there were two runners on, nobody out. And he walked the next batter, either walked or hit the next batter. And then immediately, immediately after that, he gave up a game-winning grand slam. Um, and he, had, he struggled after that. He even admitted it was hard for him to leave his room because he was that close to LSU, the school, the campus. He, he didn't want to go out of his room. Um, but he got another opportunity and became the guy that we know uh, was a first overall pick in the MLB draft. So uh, just a really nice guy, uh, really down to earth. That's big. Just, he's really? so down to earth, and I could really listen to him talk all day long. He's great to talk to. What I liked even better is even at the end of the event, he stood at the end of the stage still talking to people. Like, he, he didn't – it wasn't like people special, special doing it. He just generally enjoys talking to people about the Orioles, about baseball, about various different things. Um, another aspect of the night that I enjoyed was you see this guy in this sports jacket, nice shirt, and you know dress pants, and he's wearing camouflage sneakers. <laughs> just, it's yeah, just, that was the biggest thing. We were we were all wondering if he was going to you know dress in some part of his camo, uh, and uh, he even admitted you know where. Where we live, Stephen and I live, we live right pretty much five minutes away from each other on the eastern shore, uh, Maryland-Delaware line. And he basically said, look, if y'all got any hunting ground down here and, and you're selling, I'm willing to buy and I'm willing to come down there and, and just hunt away. So it reminded him a lot of his home uh, in LSU, which I think he really enjoyed. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot different here compared to you know the big city, Charm City in Baltimore. Yep. But as he said, he's a... Uh, small town country boy and he definitely displayed it and it was it was a great event and um you know what's great is he he even took questions from the audience jared was fortunate to have his question asked if you want to tell the audience what the question was um it was the first question to kick off the night if i remember correctly yeah that's right um it, basically the question was if the orioles uh if he thought that the orioles need to add another bullpen arm regardless of the, of course, the Craig Kimbrell signing uh, and a healthy Dylan Tate. 
uh, coming back for the 2024 season. And he basically said what I thought he was uh, going to, but I wanted to have that reassurance. He thinks Dylan Tate is key, right? He thinks that's the biggest thing, uh, topic to, to look at for the Oriole bullpen. If it's going to succeed, it's going to happen because Dylan Tate's going to be a huge factor, right? Uh, we saw the glimpse in 2022 uh, of what Dylan Tate's uh, feeling is, and it's good. I mean, it's, you're talking about a sinker uh, that's 97, 98, and even up to 100 now. We saw him at the, the driveline facility, right? working on his, his craft. And he just looks in shape. He looks healthy. He looks rear, uh, ready to go, anxious to go. Um, so, But with all of that said, at the very end, Stephen, he said, I would be, I would have more comfort knowing that the Orioles would go out and get maybe one more bullpen arm because really you can never have too much pitching, right? We The Texas Rangers showed that last year, and they were the eventual World Series champ. So you can never have too much pitching. That's exactly right. People uh, getting Dylan Tate, a healthy Dylan Tate back. Same thing with the job means injection last year. It's like getting a new talent to the team. We went all season without Dylan Tate. And in 2022, Dylan Tate was a lockdown back end reliever who could close games in a pinch, who could set up the closer. Being without Felix Bautista this year, if we get a healthy Dylan Tate with even a semi good. Craig Kimball, along with Yenier Cano, the back end of our bullpen will rival the early 2000 Yankees bullpen, where basically once you got into the seventh inning, it was over. Well, even sooner than that, uh, Stephen, the 2016 Oriole bullpen with Darren O'Day, Brad Brock, Zach Britton, you know, that was a deadly three as well. Uh, and it, like you said, if, we, if you implemented Dylan Tate into a, a bullpen that already has CNL Perez, who is bound to get back to the 2022 form. Uh, he showed at the very end of last year that yes, he's he did. that guy, right? He, he struck out Jordan Alvarez on three straight pitches looking yep. to end the game that. in Houston. And you did, that's one of the best pure hitters in baseball we're talking about. Uh, and Danny Coulomb, who had a breakout season, Last year, uh, what a, what a pickup by Mike Elias, by the way, Danny Coulomb. Uh, could could be one of the better pickups of the entire season in Major League Baseball. Uh, but like you said, add that to Cano and, and Kimbrel, who's going to pitch less than he did in Philadelphia. A they were less. putting Craig Kimbrel in games where the Phillies were down eight to three, and they were putting him in the ball game. It, it, it was so unnecessary. Uh, it, it looked like they had a little bit of uh, just, uh, you know desperate situations going on there with their bullpen. You're not going to get that with this bullpen. So expect Kimball to get back to that solid form, and he's a stopgap, right, for Felix Bautista. And if he performs well, Stephen, don't forget he does have an option. Uh, Michael Elias included that in his deal. So if the Orioles want him back for the the same price and the same salary he's going to make this year, they can do that. That's right, which isn't a bad pickup because Yenier, not Yenier, no, sorry, Felix Bautista coming off Tommy John surgery. Everybody knows it's a good 18 months before a pitcher starts getting back to their pre-surgical form. So having a Craig Kimbrell in the bullpen with a Felix Bautista, Yenier Cano, Dylan Tate, Cyanel Perez, Cyanel Perez, even a Nick Vespi, which Nick Vespi came up last year and did show some promise. So he, we have 
options. We still have Michael Bauman. We still have Tyler Wells, who will more than likely be in the bullpen and can be a swing starter. We have Cole Irvin. We have – did I lose you? I lost you. Hold on a minute. Let's, I don't know what happened. Oh, no, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Give me one second. And we are back. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties there. Uh, we were getting ready to wrap up our topic anyway, so we're going to move on to our next topic, which is extensions. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. just signed a wonderful extension. Um he came out of the same draft class as Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson. So it seems to have gotten Birdland clamoring about when are we going to do extensions for those guys? And it's understandable, especially when you see all these other teams locking up their talent, even some before they make their major league debuts. What is your opinion on all that? What do you think is going to happen, Jared? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Bobby Wood Jr. Uh, hell of a, play, a player, hell of a talent. Um, Deservedly so, got an extension. It was about 11 years, $288 million. It could go up to 14 years for over $330 million. Um, he's their, you know, their aircraft carrier, uh, as Dan O'Dowd would like to say. Uh, he's their guy that's going to lead them into the promised land of hopefully making the playoffs and going to another World Series, as they did in 2014 and 15. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it brought on a lot of chatter about if the Orioles would consider extending the likes of Gunnar Henderson, even Jackson Holiday, who hasn't played a single game in the big leagues yet. But we've seen, like with the Milwaukee Brewers, for instance, Jackson Churio, who hasn't played a game in the big leagues yet. Yep. He's got an extension, an eight-year deal worth around $72 million. Colt Keith is the latest with the Detroit Tigers. Yep. He got, I believe, a six-year extension. Um for around 50-some million, I believe. But, yeah, it's becoming a trend, right, Stephen, where these young guys who haven't even touched the big leagues yet, uh, their promise is enough, right? Their their um, potential in the big leagues is enough to get them money. Uh, and we're going to see a lot more of that. The, the, the times are changing. Um, you know, the market has shifted so much recently. Uh, and if you're like Jackson Holiday and Gunnar Henderson, and you have Scott Boris as your agent, as your representative, um, you, you can listen to as many extension talks as you want, but I don't know if we'll see it. It's going to have to be uh, greater than what Bobby Wick got, which is essentially $300. So we'll, we'll see uh, the new ownership, but the Orioles have to play in this also. So we'll just have to wait and see. Just so everybody knows, new ownership, there's four members in that group that are in the top 800 richest people in the world. So if that gives you any idea of what, the Orioles are getting in the new ownership group, which soon as it'll possibly be approved. And this is, this is important for everybody to know is not until June or July when the second quarter owners meetings begin in these upcoming meetings, the uh, proposal was presented to the owners. They have to do their due diligence and check the financials in the background. And then after that's given the okay, they can vote at the meeting, which probably won't happen until June or July. So there probably will not be any extensions signed until after the season. Um, Scott Boris also made mention during the winter meetings that Mike Elias has been in contact with him daily 
inquiring about extensions for Gunnar Henderson and Jackson Holiday. Now, we know Adley Rushman does not have Boris as an agent as far as I know, so I have not heard any talk about him, but I would imagine he might be the first person we extend if we're going to extend one of our young guns. Do you agree with that, Jared? I think you almost have to, uh, Stephen. It's hard to come by uh, that Buster Posey or Joe Maurer type catcher, right? Somebody who's not only good at the position, but just an overall leader, right? And Adley being a switch hitter, that gives him even more value. Uh, this is a guy who's going to put up 15, 20 homers a year, um, play solid defense, top defense. I know we didn't see it last year. Uh, a lot of us noticed that James McCann had a better defensive season last year than Adley Rutschman did, but uh, expect that to change. Uh, that's not totally all on Adley. It's just some of the pitchers. And their windups can cause maybe late uh, reaction with throwing runners out. We're not going to worry about that. Like, we, we know the talent that Adley Rutschman is, and that's cool. just a fact. And he, it's not going to trouble him for the rest of his career. But, yeah, I, I, it's it's kind of hard to believe that you would think of extending a 26-year-old catcher for the long term, like 8 to 10 years. But in this case, uh, he's a catcher like Adley is hard to come by. So you want to keep him. Uh, as long as possible. Um, but on the other hand, you have a 22-year-old in Gunnar Henderson, a 20-year-old in Jack Halliday, who haven't even hit their primes yet, uh, that you want to get done as well. Uh, and they, and they Stephen, we, we talk about it all the time, Jackson Holiday, Gunnar Henderson, they're obvious, obviously the flashier players, right, than Adley Rutschman. But Adley will get the job done. He's the leader of the clubhouse, uh, somebody who won your locker room for a long time. I want to bring up something real quick in regards to Jackson Holiday that I read today. Um, I don't know how many people saw this, but Mike Elias specified that during spring training, Jackson Holiday will see a lot of time at second base. And the reason I want to bring that up is this ties back to Mr. Ben McDonald and a comment he said during the banquet the other day, in which he said, Gunnar Henderson, he would prefer to see a shortstop because he feels he's the better shortstop of the two. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was hard to not uh, notice the amount of applause from the crowd when he said that, right? A lot, a lot of people feel the same way. I know we feel the same way. Jack, uh, Jackson Holiday has the tools, and Ben noted that. He has the tools yep. and the arm to be a great shortstop, but can you be a once-in-a-lifetime talent like Gunner is at the shortstop position? See, yeah, that, right. We saw it last year. That's that's what's got me intrigued because you know, if Jackson Holiday makes the team as a second baseman, what happens to Jordan Westberg, who, in my opinion, I feel was very underrated last year because of the other talent on the team? He was a good transition from Adam Frazier to second base towards the end of the year with some even clutch hits and some clutch defensive plays along the way. Yeah, Jordan Westberg is, is really, he's a very consistent player, right? He's going to get you, uh, you know, a 260, 270 average every year. He's going to play solid defense all around. He's just a good overall player to have on your team. He reminds me a lot of J.J. Hart, right, where he would oh, come yeah. to work every day, grind, put in the work, uh, never complain about anything, uh, and, and want to get better every year. So I think the most obvious solution to that, Stephen, 
is to just stick him at third base, which he played 20-some games last year at third base. You read um, my mind because I, I was getting ready to ask you if you think that might be the goal there. Um, right. That's, that's, that's the most obvious thing to do would be to stick him at third. And that's fine because he's a pretty good defender at third. Um, in fact, I think he would be a better third baseman than shortstop, which is his natural position. Uh, he might not be better uh, there than at second base, but still, uh, Jackson Holiday is just too, too. He's going to be too important to this club to not have him on the team in some capacity. Uh, a lot of us think he's going to be on the open day roster. He's got to prove that in camp, though. I think people forget, in all the excitement with Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg moved up through the minor leagues each level with Gunnar Henderson until Gunnar got called up to the majors. It was basically Batman and Robin. And they would alternate between short and third, um, some second. So they know how to play all three infield positions. Gunner got more time at shortstop, though. Jordan Westberg got quite a decent amount of time at third base in the minors. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing about Gunner possibly staying at shortstop is just that cannon of an army ass, right? The range is there. The arm strength is unmatched. Um, he could be the best shortstop in the American League East. Um, and that's, of course, you got Bull Pews coming up, uh, had his first year last year, and now Wanda Franco's out of the division. So it's easy to say that Gunnar Henderson is the best shortstop in the American League East. Well, just, so I think the Orioles prefer, prefer him there as well as shortstop. But you're going to see him at third base quite a bit this year, too. Don't, don't think that you're not going to see him there. Just remember the thing with Gunnar Henderson versus Jackson Holiday is Gunnar Henderson is six foot four and two hundred thirty, two hundred forty pounds, which if right. people remember, that's Cal Ripken Jr. size. And Cal Ripken revolutionized right. the shortstop position because of his size, his frame, his arm, his range. Right. We see a lot of it nowadays in today's game with Carlos Correa, uh, you know, Corey Seeger, Tatis was there a while. He's in right field now, of course. Um, yeah, you're, you're seeing a lot of taller guys. O'Neill Cruz, Ellie Dela Cruz uh, are just prime examples of that. So, and if worst comes to worst, Stephen, if if they think he's going to outgrow the shortstop position, he can just easily trans, uh, you know, translate his game into the third base spot. Right? He's going to just move on over a little bit. So, yes, the arm for it. He has the arm for it, and last year he made quite a few impressive plays at third base. So. We know he's capable of it. And your shortstop is technically your most athletic position. I think people forget why Mountcastle came up as a shortstop with our organization. That's right. And then he moved to third base and ultimately had a little, a little stint in the outfield, and now he's our first baseman. So That's right. You can outgrow the position quite easily, but it's just that athleticism that Gunner possesses that's going to keep him there for years to come. I agree. I agree. All right, so moving on from that, everybody knows we signed Corbin Burns, which we now have our true frontline number one starter. Um, exciting times in Baltimore. Uh, fills out our rotation very nicely. With the owners we have, a lot of pundits are even believing that the Orioles might actually be able to extend Corbin Burns at the end of the season as well, which would definitely be a highlight for our team. I could see adding them to three or four years. But now that that's done, the Birdland social media sphere has been popping up, and Adam Jones is included in this. 
about the Orioles giving Trevor Bauer an opportunity. What do you think about that, Jared? Yeah, this is such a, an interesting, and just let's, let's flat, flat out say it. It's a controversial topic, right? Uh, Trevor Bauer is no doubt a really good pitcher. Like he, he, The last few years, Trevor Bauer might be one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. I'm not talking just MLB uh, and Japan where he went last year. He was one of the better pitchers in the entire sport. Uh, he has, of course, that Cy Young year in twenty uh, uh, in 2020 with the Reds, and then he, he had another good year, and then he signed with the Dodgers, that big contract, and they gave that money to him for a reason, because he is that good. And, of course, you're going to mention this in our upcoming uh, Battery Q&A article. Uh, in Japan last year, Barrett went 11-4 and with a 2.59 ERA, right? And 160 strikeouts to 34 walks. That is impressive. So there's no doubt that he's a talented arm, talented player. However, the vibes are high with this team right now, right? Yeah. The, vi- the vibes couldn't be more high. Uh, fans are just now getting back into what Birdland Baseball is all about, right? That's right. I don't know if necessarily bringing in somebody with the rep and the cloud that is over Bauer's head, I don't know if that would be the smartest thing to do. Um, and to be honest with you, Stephen, the Orioles' rotation is pretty much set now. I agree. You have Burns, Bradish, Rodriguez, Means, and Kramer. And if it's not Kramer, it's Wells. Or if it's not Wells, it's Urban. So they have options, uh, certainly because uh, of the the, the Burns signing. It's like a cause and effect, essentially, to Tyler Wells, Cole Urban, to Bruce Zimmerman, all those guys. They, they don't have to transition to the bullpen now um, because of that. So. Do I think it makes sense for the Orioles? No. Would Major League Baseball and another team possibly give him a chance? Sure. I just don't think that's the type of player, the type of clubhouse person that this team is searching for and is in need for right now. I agree with you. And nothing against Trevor Bauer because the guy seems like, I mean, from my understanding, teammates like him. I've seen his social media videos and posts. He actually does posts on social media where he tries to teach kids how to properly throw certain pitches, how to get them to do this. You know, he, like, like you said, he went 11 and four last year in a league that predominantly produces natural hitters. I mean, you, you look at Ichiro, you look at um, Otani, they're natural hitters. And that the Nippon league is full of hitters who are extremely dangerous, who are taught to hit no matter what. Trevor Bauer is a phenomenal pitcher. He is a former Cy Young pitcher, but the media circus that would come with him, I agree. I I just don't see it happening, especially when we have the unity we have in our clubhouse where 90% of those players came up through the minor leagues together. We've added some pieces here and there, but for the most part, these players have been together for years. They know each other. They're comfortable with each other. They hang out with each other. They do hunting trips and golf trips together, and they just have a good time. Not saying Trevor Bauer wouldn't fit in, but we have a leader in Corbin Burns to help our, our young pitching staff. We have Adley Rutschman, who's already a defined leader of the team. And John Means, in a sense, is a leader of that team. So adding somebody of Trevor Bauer's nature, I agree, is not beneficial to our clubhouse, to our team. I think somebody who is able to 
curtail that media circus. New York, L.A., you know, big markets like that might be able to go after him and bring him in. But honestly, I don't see, you know, maybe the Kansas City Royals with the way they spent this offseason could take a flyer. But I don't know if he's coming back to the majors this year and possibly not ever. Yeah, um, like you said, the, just the, the, the scandal, I guess you could say, uh, that, that's really hanging over him, even though he was, in fact, not found guilty exactly. uh, of any assault. Uh, we, we understand that. But just that notion um, and some of the prior history he's had even with the game, we've seen him, you know, launch balls into center field when he come out of the game. Exactly. We saw him with different drone accidents where he's unable to pitch. Um, it's just, it's more of a maturity thing on that note, I but I don't even think that's the, the, the primary reason why the O's wouldn't even get him. I think it's just because, like I said, the rotation is pretty much set now and there, there wouldn't be a spot for him essentially. And I get with the Orioles, with, you know, their history, taking a flyer on a guy with, who's offered to go to a team for a league minimum, like $700,000. It's it's tempting for sure, uh, but even today there was a report that Bauer said that the Pittsburgh Pirates flat out told his representative, "No, like we're not pursuing you. We're not even thinking about bringing you in." And that's a team that could have used him as well. Um, yeah. The Los Angeles Angels might be one a good fit. They're always looking for pitching, and they're in a bigger market in LA. Um, the Oakland A's might, you know, they're already you know, controversial <laughs> enough with their owner. So why not add to that? Um, but I do, I do think Bauer will get a shot somewhere and an opportunity. And I look, I think everybody should be deserving of a second chance. Um, hey, we saw, but, we saw players from the steroid era who were named blatantly called out who got numerous chances after that. And, you know, you look at, and I I even hate to bring up and call it name drop a player, but Robinson Cano, he's been suspended twice for steroids or PEDs. Let me rephrase that. And right. he still got opportunities after that. So somebody who was found not guilty of a unique charge, I'm not going to say exactly what, but a unique charge. It, it, it's, right. it's the charge itself that has people in the back of their mind wondering and curious and that's where you're going to get the hiccups and the hangups from from a majority of teams, unfortunately. Right, and I'll, I'll end with this on this topic. Um, we, yeah, you mentioned that Adam Jones brought this up on X uh, a day ago, uh, two days ago, whatever it was, and people were honestly hurt by him for even mentioning it. Yep. And I'm here sitting here thinking. I don't think this guy was insinuating that the Orioles should go sign him. No. Right? I don't think that was his intent. I think it was just the topic because it's so in the in the know right now. It's so, you know, out there in the open that he just wanted to get people's thoughts on it. He wasn't insinuating that the Orioles should go out and get him. Like, and we know Adam Jones. Adam Jones is the best, one of the best guys in the city of Baltimore yeah. to this team, this organization. He wouldn't do something like that. Well, he wouldn't I, stick his nose or something like that. I even mentioned in the article, you know, it was it was so popular uh, statement or question in Birdland. I couldn't even pinpoint one person who asked it because there were so many statements about it. And even included Adam right. Jones even brought it up. He didn't say go out and sign him. He basically question marked it, 
and then said they were going to discuss it on his podcast. So that that that's right. it. It's right. I mean, he's he, it's it's not like he was saying I believe that the Orioles should sign Trevor Bauer. It was, do you think this would be a right move for the Orioles to make? Exactly. And people were over. Oh, people were. It's easy to do in today's world, right, Stephen? People were overreacting. That's all it is. Amen. Um, we know Jonesy. We know his intentions, and it's certainly not what people are making it out to be. Well, just look at what Chris Davis went through after he signed his big contract and couldn't hit. I mean, that guy still yeah. showed up to work every day, being booed out of the stadium, and yeah, the guy still does things for Baltimore even after that and the tough ending to his career. So we, we know how fans can, can react to players not living up to expectations or having a history. So I think Chris Davis is lucky he wasn't playing in New York. I'll, I agree. I'll <laughs> I agree on that totally. <laughs> All right, well, that's we're going to wrap things up here for tonight. Uh, I think we covered all our topics. Once again, I apologize for the technical difficulties in the middle. Uh, unfortunately, that happens in this business, and we try to roll with it and move forward. So, Jared, I want to thank you for coming on. Once again, it's been a pleasure having you, and I enjoy when you do come on. Thank you so very much. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say, especially about the BaltimoreBattery.com? <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of exciting things happening around the Baltimore Battery. As you know, Stephen, we are close to 5,000 followers on X. It's a big accomplishment for us. We're yes. super excited about that. We're a little over 100 away. And throughout the coming weeks, we're going to be doing a lot of giveaways. We've already given away an Adley Rutschman Shorebirds bobblehead. Yep. Um, we're going to have a lot more to come, a lot more interesting Orioles memorabilia. So if you want to be involved in that, go over to x and give us a follow at at the be more battery and uh it's just an exciting time uh, to be in a, a part of birdland and uh please follow along the baltimorebattery.com as you know your host here writes a lot for the for the site and uh he's one of our best so thanks for listening to this episode with us and steven it was a pleasure being on here with you man it's a pleasure being having you i uh, thank you for the compliments um also, we have a new writer, don't we? Yes, yes, we do. Uh, and it's, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because it's a big day for us, right? Uh, having Huge. some less. Uh, it, it's just it's awesome. If you haven't, go follow her on X as well. She's in our bio on, on X. Just an awesome person. Uh, we're, we're so thrilled to have her. And Stephen, as you know, she's big and not only the Orioles. Twitter community or X community. Uh, we hit technical difficulties again, and I apologize. Uh, we were getting ready to close the show. Um, like you said, Jared was talking about Celeste. Please go over to the BaltimoreBattery.com's bio. Make sure you give everybody, all the writers, a follow. Make sure you follow the Be More Battery. Make sure you follow the Final Strike at the Final Strike underscore. Uh, we're going to close things up here. I want to thank you for the Baltimore Battery. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do this. I want to thank our sponsors, um, Scooters for Rent, for giving us the platform and the ability to do this as well. Um, if you're ever in the Maryland, Delmar, Air, Delmar, Delaware area, and you need mobility products, that's mobility scooters, manual wheelchairs, electric wheelchairs, beach wheelchairs, lift recliners, any of the mobility products, please make sure you give them a call. Tell them Stephen from the Final Strike sent you. They are currently having a blowout clearance sale. So 
You can reach them if you're looking for mobility products to purchase at well at 302-280-6203. I also want to thank Dubby, Dubby uh, Energy Drink. If you go to W.D.GG and you use my name, Stephen Heckman, at checkout, you get a 10% discount. It's a great new energy drink, has no sugar, no caffeine for diabetics like me. It's perfect. Hydration, energy, great for pre-workouts, great for gaming, great for just a thirst quencher. So until next time, Baltimore, I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. Peace out. We'll see you next time. Strike from victory. Two outs. And here's what you pay to see. The best ever. Barons and a chance on this pitch. Deep left field. Go!